Welcome to Naturally Nourished, a food is medicine podcast that delivers cutting edge information and solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought out by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only and should not be used in place of any medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from a licensed health professional. Now welcome your host, Allie Miller, integrative dietitian and owner of Naturally Nourished, and her vice president, integrative dietitian Carly Vogler. Hey everyone, this is Carly and I'm here with Allie. Hey guys, happy new year. We're so excited to bring you food as medicine information after the holiday. We took a bit of a hiatus and we're, we're back at it today talking about adrenal fatigue. But how was your holiday, Allie? It was awesome. It was really nice to take, I think we took three weeks off from the podcast and I think we each got a good five days off from the office, a little mm-hmm. <laughs> little bit of a recharge and a reboot. And um, it was it was well well deserved and definitely needed. I think that often the holiday times and parties and situations can get so stressful, even positive stress, that uh, it's a good little reset now, charged up and ready to rock. For sure. And that makes a lot of sense with our topic today. We're going to piggyback a little bit on our last episode, which was number 11, or two episodes ago, I'm sorry, um, which was on the HPA access. And today we're talking about adrenal fatigue and the A is adrenal in HPA access for adrenal fatigue. So we're going to kind of give a recap of that episode if you haven't heard it, but I definitely encourage you to listen to that before going further into this one if you want to backtrack a bit. For but, sure. Allie, give us a little recap of the HPA access and what we talked sure. about. Sure. So that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access, this is the three glands in the body that regulate our fight or flight mechanisms. And so our anatomical way that our system works physiologically is either in a parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system. And when we are in this fight or flight system, the body is not optimizing its rest and digest mode. And so we talked about the toll that stress can take on our immune system, the toll that stress can take on our digestive health, on our metabolism, and and so forth. And when this HPA access is thrown in overdrive or imbalance in general, some of the things that can shift can be the body temperature. We can either be cold and clammy all the time or have difficulty regulating temperature, you know, always having to layer or or getting really hot and and experiencing hot flashes that are non-hormonal. Fluid retention can be seen because we'll talk today about how the adrenals play a big role with fluid regulation in the body. Metabolic function, as I mentioned, so metabolism, how many calories your body is burning, Um, and beyond. It's a whole system access. And often patients come to us, you know, for a weight loss plan or to discuss food sensitivities or discuss histamine reactions and things like that. And we find from their intake that really we need to start with this HPA access. It can be the root driving cause of dysfunction in a whole gamut of different disease conditions. Definitely. So we we always like to start there. And it's for that reason that we often tell people, you know, we can do a lot of interventions and we can talk about food all day long, but stress, if you're not regulating it, it's not going to have, you're not going to have the same recovery as you would otherwise. Right. And I think it's important to acknowledge that stress levels and demands on individuals have increased, especially with the increase with technology. You know, we now have a a 10,000 time fold increase of communication 
And that in some ways makes communication easier. You know, it's great to Skype with my nephew or see family and things like that. But it also makes us accountable all the time. I know I personally have my work email on my phone and it's terrible how I will answer a patient's request or email on a supplement dosage when my husband goes to the bathroom on a Saturday night at a restaurant. You know, I'm never disengaged from my workflow. And it's because I think I'm so passionate about what I do and want to help my patients all the time. But it's not reasonable. It's really beyond that, that what used to be eight to five or eight to six. With increased communication and technology, we are always on call, even if you have that vacation response, for sure. I think that's a really good point. It's probably going to take a while for our bodies to catch up and adjust to that level of, I guess, um, stimulation that we constantly yeah. have. Yeah, well, and, and because it is seen that we can be so efficacious, the demand increases. So now it's like, you know, instead of a a handwritten letter for a secretary to put out for a boss, take this email and blast it off to how many thousands of people and then how many replies do you get in seconds? So it's, it's, it's it's definitely a tax. And I think the human race is experiencing stress as a big increase of detrimental element to driving disease. For sure. So let's get into adrenal um, fatigue, but let's start with the adrenal glands. Okay. Let's talk about, you know, where they are in the body and what they do. So the adrenal glands are, are, I think I always call them the most famous gland of the HPA axis because most people have heard the term adrenaline. And we'll get into that and how that works. But the adrenal gland is a tiny walnut-sized shaped gland that sits above the kidneys, whereas the hypothalamus and pituitary are in the brain. So these ones kind of stand alone as far as this axis goes. And um, it's the highest concentration of vitamin C in the body and also very rich in fat. They're about the size of, like I said, a walnut or a quarter or so. There's two parts of the adrenal gland. There's the adrenal cortex and the adrenal medulla. The cortex is where we are going to put out our aldosterone. This is the primary element that regulates our blood pressure. So a lot of blood pressure medications work on the aldosterone function in the body. We also put out cortisol from the adrenal cortex. And cortisol is a primary steroid hormone that can drive uh, imbalance within our inflammatory and immune processes. And also cortisol tells the body to store fat. Cortisol is increased by about four to seven times during acute stressful uh, experience. And that tells the body to store fat specifically in the belly region. Cortisol is also increased when we get low quality sleep. So it's that connection to stress and, and relaxation again. If we are high anxiety or even we're getting six to eight hours of sleep, but it's not restful, we're actually going to be putting out more cortisol and less leptin. So we're not getting that satiety of feeling satiated at meals. And then when we are eating or even those storage calories are higher propendency to be stored as fat. Uh, mineral corticoids play a huge role as well as glucocorticoids as compounds within, within the cortisol family. And um, again, these are going to be mediated and regulated by the kidneys. There's a very strong connection of the adrenals and, and the kidney function. And when the cortisol levels are too high, they work as an immunosuppressant. So you actually may know a family member or maybe you yourself, uh, patients that have rheumatoid arthritis or cirrhotic arthritis or different autoimmune disease, uh, even like uh, ulcerative colitis or such, might be on a steroid pack, uh, which is hydroxycortisone. So it's a form of cortisone or that steroid. And that suppresses the immune system from attacking itself in an autoimmune flare. So too much cortisol is actually an immunosuppressant, and that's why how it's used therapeutically as a drug. 
too little cortisol actually drives inflammatory processes because cortisol is supposed to have this check and balance in inflammation. And although it might sound like a good thing to be an immunosuppressant, it's not good to have an immune suppressant unless your immune system is overreactive in the first place. So for most Americans, most people in general, we don't want to have immune suppressant that actually makes us susceptible to more illness. And that's why we say higher stress, you're going to get colder flu or you're going to get run down. And that's kind of that connection there. Right. I think most people have heard of cortisol as this stress hormone, um, but I don't think a lot of people realize that it's this double-edged sword. You know, too high, too low can both cause issues. So yes. So we definitely see that with the cortex. So that's going to be the aldosterone, the regulation of blood pressure, and also um, the elements of cortisol. The other part of it, as I mentioned, is the medulla. So the medulla is where we're going to make our neurotransmitters. So this is where we make our norepinephrine and epinephrine. The norepinephrine and epinephrine kind of play cat and mouse with each other, where the norepinephrine tells the body no more epinephrine and and, um, mellows out. And the epinephrine is more of the stimulating adrenaline, per se. The other neurotransmitter that's made by the medulla is the dopamine. And dopamine is that reward-seeking, habit-forming, feel-good kind of ah um, that human nature desires to experience. So it's really interesting that a lot of us run on this adrenaline, um, and that can in turn either burn out our norepinephrine. And so, so you know, get back, getting back from the layman's terms to the medical terms, a lot of us run on epinephrine, which is the same thing again as the adrenaline. So if we're pumping out a lot of that epinephrine, that's like meeting a deadline, you know, driving a car fast, that that fight or flight surge of of that feel good human condition. Um, then we're going to also poop out that norepinephrine that's telling our system, okay, reset, recalibrate, don't get too high te- body temperature don't get too high blood pressure, don't get too high blood sugar. And then the dopamine also tends to get depleted in that cascade as well. And so I often say after a high uh, stress day or high work demand, we come home dopamine depleted. So we're going through these neurotransmitters on rapid demand. And if we're not nourishing our system to reset, we're going to come home somewhere between you know that 6 to 7 p.m. hour And we're going for the ice cream or we're going for the bag of potato chips or we're going for our beer, glass of wine. And that's that that I was a good girl. Now, what do I get for my stressful day type deal? And that's where we see that dopamine depletion, in fact, influencing us. Um, And I call that running up a downhill escalator. So that's going to play a huge role with our optimal performance. You can only take willpower so far when the neurotransmitters are off. It's so wild that so many things come out of these tiny little glands. Yes, it's absolutely remarkable. And, you know, to take, for instance, this tiny little gland and how it plays such a role with quality of life, I mean, mood regulation and and so forth, it's wild. Yeah, so what are some signs that your adrenal glands are imbalanced for people who are wondering if this is them? So yes, I think signs and symptoms is the part that you guys all want to hear. And when we're talking about symptoms of adrenal insufficiency or adrenal fatigue, they're going to be used interchangeably. So if you're reading anything online, adrenal insufficiency is what more of your allopathic conventional physicians will use as a term. And adrenal fatigue is something that was kind of coined in more of the holistic functional medicine 
families of practice. So either way, when the adrenals are imbalanced, they can be driving in excess mode or deficiency, but typically when we're talking about adrenal fatigue, it's deficiency. So some things we can see are uh, increased susceptibility to food sensitivities, and this is typically due to a histamine reaction. So cortisol is, again, that hormone that's a steroid hormone, and it checks and balances your histamine response. Well, when your cortisol gets depleted from adrenal fatigue, your histamines go haywire. So you start to have a lot more food sensitivities. You could have more rashing. You could have more uh, phlegm. You can have more seasonal allergies and, and reactions to different forms of pollens or allergens in general. So that's definitely a huge family. When we see that increasing in a patient beyond doing food sensitivity testing, we might want to first start with seeing is their system rebounding or responding appropriately based on their adrenal output. Another thing we can see is chronic fatigue syndrome. So cortisol plays a huge role with your energy production throughout the day, and it's supposed to be kind of L-curved. So you're supposed to peak in the morning like the birds chirping and then slowly cascade through the day, uh, leaving you to fall asleep in the evening and stay uh, nice and, and mellowed out throughout the evening, sleeping hopefully a six to eight, hopefully eight plus hour period of time. Uh, so adrenal fatigue can also drive to chronic fatigue syndrome, where the cortisol values are too low, and that can link further into things like depression. Depression, we're starting to study beyond the role of serotonin, the role of that epinephrine or adrenaline. And so if you don't have that feel-good surge, you know, you don't have that desire or that drive, you can kind of be in this apathetic, mellow, blasé mode, and that can tie hand-in-hand hand both with chronic fatigue, but also further into mood disturbances like depression. Anxiety can be seen as well with the adrenal imbalance. Anxiety typically is seen with excessive epinephrine, but inadequate norepinephrine. So you're putting out too much of those mayday alarms, but you're not getting the mellowing out rebound. Um, and that can be seen with either high or low cortisol. We can also see autoimmune disease when the cortisol values are off. As we talked, if they're too high, they're gonna have immunosuppressant, but if they're too low, they allow inflammation to go haywire. So that would drive further the autoimmune progression in the body. Hormonal imbalance is definitely connected as cortisol is going to be a steroid hormone. It's this hormonal building block, so it can actually play a role with the balance of estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone. In fact, there's something that we call the cortisol steal, where if your cortisol levels are too high and we're trying to balance out a patient's sexual hormones, well, the body is actually going to take all of that excessive sexual hormone. So let's say they're using testosterone therapy or they're taking a bioidentical or a synthetic hormone in a pill, an oral, or a transdermal cream, their body is going to convert all of that hormone floating through the body into the cortisol, and that's only going to further perpetuate the belly fat and some of these undesired symptoms. So, I mean, I think the big thing, we can see digestive disturbances with food and allergies and sensitivities. We can see chronic fatigue syndrome, depression, anxiety, and other mood instability elements. We can see hormonal imbalance, and then I think the, the last big one that, that concerns a lot of people is the stubborn weight loss, that, that body driving, that steroid belly fat. So I'm sure there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, 
I think that's me. I'm exhausted. I'm anxious. I'm not sleeping. Um, so let's move on to what we can do about it because I think that's the exciting part. We yeah. run a, a sorry. We run a salivary panel um, a lot in our office. So let's, yes. let's start there. Yep. So saliva is the gold standard for assessing cortisol. Actually, it's been deemed the gold standard for the Journal of Endocrinology. And the reason being is that you're able to assess the cortisol cascade. As I mentioned, we like to look at that rise. Uh, we like to look at an assessment before lunch, before dinner, and then at bed. So we get that kind of L curve in a balanced patient. And then it depends on if that L is high or the L is low. Some patients with adrenal insufficiency or adrenal fatigue or adrenal excess output will have a W or a V, kind of an inverted shape, where they're peaking midday based on their stress. And so... We like to watch the cascade of how the cortisol is being distributed, and then we can determine if we want to use something to mellow out the cortisol expression, something that's going to suppress cortisol expression, or if we need to drive the adrenal gland to produce more. And I think uh, one other thing that, that I just want to make sure we note on as a symptom that I didn't cover, and I don't know if there's any others, Carly, that you want to contribute as well as brain fog. Um, I think that that's a huge one that, you know, it doesn't tie into depression or anxiety. It doesn't tie into really any of those big pieces, but brain fog. And I hear that from so many clients. uh, I don't know if I'm rapidly aging, but again, it ties into that stress demand, this cognitive buzz, buzz, buzz of the brain of doing (laughs) 5 million things at one time from overstimulation. And when the adrenals are off, that really can drive our brain fog, difficulty concentrating, and and difficulty regulating thoughts. Yeah, brain fog is definitely one I hear a lot, as well as not being able to get out of bed in the morning. Maybe once they get up, they're doing okay, but that literally feeling of chugging cough syrup or like someone sitting on you, that level of... Cannot. Flatline. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I call it the fly on the wall uh, for many of my patients. I We try to determine, and we talked about this a little bit in the HPA access episode, are you stressed and wired or are you stressed and tired? And so, you know, we're looking at with that patient, are they wound up and uh, going, going, going and having racing thoughts, difficulty concentrating, difficulty winding down? Or are they flatlined and going through the daily motions? And then there's also a a medium of those two, which is still imbalanced, where they surge through their work week and then they're like the fly on the wall (laughs) that slides down and every weekend they're flatlined. So, you know, then they have to compensate and sleep 12 hours or so forth or lose their social life because they're burning out week after week after week. Absolutely. Some some scary patterns because when you don't think that there's – any hope for the energy. You just don't want to do anything. So yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we can all relate yeah. <laughs> on certain levels. Definitely. <laughs> for sure, certain days for on, sure. Maybe a Friday. <laughs> um, so you were just talking about stressed and tired versus stressed and wired. I yes. think that's a really great way to launch into the difference between adaptogens and nervines, um, uh-huh. two of the different treatments that we can do. So let's talk about those and other glandulars that we use to help recovery. If, if someone is experiencing adrenal fatigue. Yes. And, um, So the two things that we look at on an herbal level is going to be an adaptogen or a nervine. So a adaptogen is going to be excitatory and that's going to be stimulating. It basically surges uh, with that element of the adrenal medulla output. It doesn't directly stimulate those pathways, but it helps to kind of work in that way. So this is things like ginseng. This is things like ashwagandha. They're going to give us a little bit of drive. They're going to give us 
uh, increase cognitive processing and functioning, a little boost of energy. So taking an adaptogen helps to allow your adrenal gland to rest so it doesn't have to be so uh, surging all the time. So it helps to function as the epinephrine and as a little bit in a way um, the adrenal function output. So adaptogens are great for those that are stressed and tired, and sometimes in combination are okay for those that are stressed and wired. Nervines are going to be herbs that are calmative. So these are things like skullcap, these are things like valerian root, chamomile would fit into that classification. Uh, you know, there's a whole gamut of, of both families. Uh, Tulsi or holy basil would be an adaptogen again. So the nervines are calmative, uh, moderately sedative. These are the ones that kind of help to mellow us out. So a lot of stress formulas will have a combination of adaptogens and nervines. So you're still high-functioning, high-focused, but yet you're not putting out an excess. It's, it's like if you've drank too much caffeine, especially like black coffee, you get those jitters, and the nervines help to reduce that and make you feel kind of more grounded. Uh, some individuals do well on just nervines, but for those of us that are already stressed and tired, that will kind of lull us out and, and not give us that chutzpah or drive that we need to get through the day. And then what about glandulars? That's something that we often use and people probably are curious about those and they sound controversial, but really not so much. Yeah. So glandular, um, I think the most commonly used glandular in the medical field is armor thyroid. So uh, anytime you hear the word glandular, it's truly using the gland of a biological product. So an animal uh, that the human takes to work and, and work as the function of that gland that they're consuming. And so armor thyroid, for instance, you're taking thyroid hormone, desiccated thyroid, and that helps your thyroid gland to work, and it actually works itself as the thyroid gland in the body. So adrenal glandular is going to typically be bovine. They usually use porcine for other glandulars, but uh, which would be porcine is pig, bovine is beef. Um, and so for most glandulars in the adrenal formulas, they're going to be bovine-derived or beef-derived. And that adrenal gland is going to help your adrenal gland to actually regenerate and also function directly as that gland output to allow your own gland organically to generate. So the adaptogens and nervines kind of lower the stress or the demand to the gland, whereas the glandular actually functions as the gland and allows the gland to rebound or, or reset, if that makes sense. Okay. And and I'm sure there's people out there wondering where they get this stuff. Uh, we have an exciting launch coming up. Allie, why don't you tell everyone what they can look forward to? Yeah. So if you're listening to date, you know, it's uh, early January here. I think it's January 7th today. So this will probably go live like the 14th or 15th. And for those of you that are listening to date, awesome. We're so happy that you're keeping us on our toes and keeping us recording more. Uh, for those of you that are listening to the archives, um, hopefully this is already live. We're hoping by February, end of February, I believe, early March of 2016, we will be relaunching AllieMillerRD.com. And so at that time, we will have um, a access for online patients and even just uh, listeners and passive people that want to do an adrenal assessment, you'll be able to order that adrenal neurohormone panel. And then listening to the podcast on HPA access, you might determine, and also the hormonal health podcast, you might determine if you want to upgrade and do the complete uh, profile, which includes sexual hormones and all neurotransmitters, or if you just do the neuroadrenal, or if you just do the adrenal. 
So the adrenal itself is going to look at that four-point cortisol and also DHEA. And I think actually we haven't spoke to DHEA at all. DHEA is a also steroid hormone that is made by the adrenal glands. And that drives our testosterone and estrogen production and also plays a role with stress resilience and stress tolerance. So important to look at how DHEA aligns with the cortisol because those are both your primary steroid hormones of the gland. Um, and that's the, the saliva assessment. Then also, if you do the neuroadrenal, you'd be looking at the urinary output, which would look at that norepinephrine, epinephrine, dopamine, and then other neurotransmitters like serotonin and GABA. So that'll give you a whole picture of more of your brain health, emotional health, uh, and, and that can also drive a little bit of your metabolic processes. So labs are going to be in access to all of you listeners, which we're super excited about. And then uh, labs are going to come with a 15-minute assessment, which is ample if you're working with a functional medicine practitioner to then share those results. But we really recommend upgrading to do that with a consult so we can actually talk about what you're currently experiencing, what your symptoms are, and then we can actually make integrative functional medicine recommendations and, and interventions. Um, the other thing that's really exciting on the new launch is that we will have supplement packages. So we have a couple packages available. One of them is a, let's see the exact name. I know it, there's one for stress specific and then one I think called adrenal rehab. So there's one called adrenal rehab, which is going to have a combination of a glandular, a, and that's called adrenogen. Um, I'll tell you the names of the formulas so that if you want to find them on our current site, you can, but, but the adrenal rehab is going to have a glandular Adriset, which works to reset the glands, and that's primarily a adaptogen blend, and then a form of ascorbic acid or vitamin C that is highly bioavailable. So again, we talked about how vitamin C is high, highest stored in the adrenal glands. We're giving you that, that vitamin to replenish the gland. We're giving you the, the adrenal uh, adaptogen to help to reduce the stress to the gland, and then the glandular <laughs> to help to fuel the gland, and that's called our adrenal rehab pack. And then we also have a pack called stress manager. So if you're not sure that you're here yet, but you want to prevent all of these things, uh, that has a daily stress formula. The daily stress formula has B vitamins, a little bit of also the vitamin C and different minerals that work the stress access, as well as a combination of adaptogens and nervines. It has pharma GABA, which is an easily absorbable form of GABA, which is a compound that is kind of landing gear. That's what I recommend patients take before public speaking if they have anxiety or flying on a plane. So it's a good mellower outer. It's not a nerving herb. It actually works on the neurotransmitter GABA. And then serenogen, which is a traditional Chinese herbal blend of a heart calming formula. And that one really helps to also work on that stressed and wired patient. So the stress formula pack is more to kind of mellow you out, help you to prevent the burnout. If you feel like I'm already in this adrenal fatigue state from one way or another, probably going to the adrenal rehab would be the best option for you. And I can attest to all of you. I just came off of a roller coaster of getting my license and probably the most stressful time of my life. And I definitely had adrenal fatigue, and I definitely am only recovered because of this stuff. It is fantastic, um, and and I definitely encourage you to check it out if you're struggling from chronic fatigue and some of these symptoms. Yep, I think that the the adrenal formulas in general are one of the most efficacious elements of best patient outcomes. For sure. And a lot of times, I think in human condition, we don't want to admit or I don't know if it's just to say oh if it feels weak or what it is to take that tool mm -hmm. or that step up 
But but all too often, if you don't get ahead of the curve and work the upstream medicine, downstream is a lot yuckier. Right. <laughs> you know, it only gets worse from there. So I think that definitely getting ahead of the curve and helping your system pull out of the woods is great. And and yes, so anyone that's sitting for a board exam or you know sitting for their law license or, or what have you, uh, planning a wedding, <laughs> yeah, any of those types of things, definitely give your adrenal some loving. So we touched a couple times on how the adrenals are so rich in fat and vitamin C. So we want to talk a little bit about the food as medicine things you can do to support your adrenals. There's things that you can have in the morning specifically to kind of give them a boost when you wake up. Allie put together, I think it's a a drink, an adrenal recovery drink. Let's Uh talk about that. So I believe it's called Adrenal Rehab, and I'll have maybe, we'll, we'll look and get you the exact name before the end. It's on our podcast. Um, but the first ingredient that we want to focus on is lemons. Uh, so lemons, as I mentioned again, vitamin C, highest stored in the adrenals. Lemons are going to be great to use in the morning uh, because they help to stimulate bile flow. So they help to work the natural detox pathways of your liver. They also help to support your lymphatic tissue flow. And when you're laying stagnant in bed overnight, you want to kind of get that lymph tissue moving. So it helps to detox, helps to reduce inflammation to the thyroid and to the adrenals, and helps to tonify the adrenals by providing the vitamin C. It also aids the body in metabolism by helping to reduce body fat storage and and helping with hormonal reset. And vitamin C is going to be most bioavailable when paired with fat. In fact, in the adrenal rehab shake, we use the juice of an entire lemon, and then we also add buffered vitamin C powder. I really like this product from Thorne. It's also on our shop. It's called buffered vitamin C. Buffered forms are going to be much more bioavailable. Vitamin C can sometimes lead to diarrhea at high dosages, so I know it's not pleasant to talk about, but true. Um, so buffered vitamin C also causes less gastric distress at high doses. Um, so we use an entire scoop of the buffered vitamin C in this shake along with the juice of the lemon. Um, again, same functions as I mentioned as the lemon, but specifically this is the C concentrated for the adrenal gland itself. And the buffered C is a lot like emergency without all the sugar. Yes. It so fizzes just it like does. that. It has that effervescent element, but right, no fructose added to it, of course, and, and we're going to sweeten our shake naturally. Um, it's important to also say that vitamin C is used on demand connected with cortisol. So when cortisol is on higher demand, vitamin C easily gets depleted throughout the system, and then that can lead to vitamin C deficiency syndromes, which can lead to issues with oral health, like easier uh, bleeding gums or tissue in the oral cavity. It can also lead to lowered immune function um, and can also play a role with increased body fat storage. So definitely important to get that C beyond the lemon. Then we add in turmeric root. So turmeric itself, high antioxidant, high anti-inflammatory. It's been shown in research to prevent tumorigenic activity, so actually prevents cancer activity in the body and has natural detoxification properties in it as well. The turmeric, by reducing inflammation, helps the gland to not be in such an overdrive mode and kind of cools out or mellows out the gland, reduces that taxation of the cortisol push on the gland. The other thing we add to this is making sure that we're balancing our hydration and our electrolytes. So we add coconut, I believe it's coconut milk and coconut water, yes. So we use coconut milk um, to get that fat to help to absorb the vitamin C in the lemons and the buffered vitamin C powder, and then coconut water because that's going to have all of our electrolyte blend in there. 
So that's going to be a great way to regulate the blood pressure. We talked about how aldosterone is made in the adrenal gland and how aldosterone plays that huge role in regulation of the mineral corticoids and also the blood pressure. So this helps to bring all of that back on track. And then we add mineral salt. So I use a pink Himalayan sea salt. The adrenal glands, and when you're going through adrenal rehab, you want to give your system a good amount of high mineral sea salt that actually helps those glands to regenerate and it alkalizes the body to increase your mineral absorption. So a, a high mineral salt, whether it's a Celtic sea salt or a Himalayan pink salt, would be a great thing to add into this as well. Um, and so the recipe itself is two lemons. I'm sorry, I said it was one, but there's two servings in here. So one lemon per serving. And we actually peel the lemon, but keep that white pith in there that has all of those bioflavonoids and more bitter compounds, which are going to stimulate more bioflow from the liver. And that's going to stimulate that detox process. Then we're going to add in two cups of coconut water, a third cup of full fat coconut milk. So that's going to make it more of a creamsicle type texture. Uh, two-thirds cup of filtered water just to kind of dilute out that coconut milk. We're going to add a scoop and a half of the buffered vitamin C from Thorn, a teaspoon of organic turmeric powder or an inch of peeled turmeric root if you're able to get the fresh root, a tablespoon of extra virgin coconut oil for those MCTs, those medium-chain triglycerides, healthy fats that we get that, that burn fat on the body and stimulate the brain function, help to actually reduce plaque formation and also absorb the vitamin C greater. Then we add a scoop of our grass-fed whey, the naturally nourished grass-fed whey. You could also add collagen to this, but I like to add protein to this because I'm going to use this as a post-workout snack. Um, and it, I want it to be more of a repletion um, option for the body versus just an adrenal reset. Uh, I add in actually a half a tablespoon of the Himalayan pink salt or Celtic salt. So this is pretty high sodium, but it's and it tastes like Gatorade really. Um, you know, it has this electrolyte type taste. It's it's astringent, it's salty, but after a workout, that would be an appropriate amount of sodium. Again, this is two servings, so you'd be getting about a teaspoon and a half. Uh, half tablespoon of the Himalayan pink salt, as I mentioned two teaspoons of optional vanilla extract, and then we add in a full tablespoon of raw and filtered honey to get a little bit of roundness of flavor. And then the honey also helps with the, if you're doing a raw and filtered honey, you're gonna get the B vitamins from that pollen, and you're also gonna get chrysin, which helps to detox excess estrogen in the body in there. You're also gonna get seasonal pollen, uh, which helps our system in fighting against seasonal allergies and reducing that histamine expression. That sounds so yummy. So for all of you who are scratching that down, it's called the Naturally Nourished Adrenal Rehab Elixir. So that will be on the Allie Miller RD website. Yes. <laughs> yes. Allie Miller RD website. Um, yeah. Naturally Nourished Adrenal Rehab Elixir. So that was our spiel for adrenal fatigue and adrenal rehab. We hope that you enjoyed it. And again, if you didn't hear the HPA access on episode 11, I would definitely check that out. Um, very much related to this subject. And definitely keep tuning in. Please post your comments or questions. So, you know, we're, we're trying to put out so much information for you guys. We're happy to answer questions in blog form. I think that in a couple episodes, we'll be doing a Q&A. So even if it's just a random question, you can always fill out that Ask Ally box. Or if it's a question relative to the episode and you say, oh, wait, I'm confused. Is it... Uh, too much cortisol influences your immune system or too little, be, be please open to, to post those questions. We're happy to address them because if you have that question, I'm sure other listeners do too. And we definitely want this to be a resource for you all to optimize your health. 
So until next time, you guys tune in and um, be well. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Carly at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.